Welcome back to Careers Explained. This is Jesse Doyle, and this week we're talking to Josh Zippin about his career path and current role as an account executive at Stripe and co-founder at Handstand. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Let's jump right into it. Would you mind giving us a brief overview of the major stepping stones that you've had on your path to your current role? Yeah, sure. Um, I can definitely connect the dots from from Davidson to where I'm at now. Uh, so I graduated Davidson, uh, I played, played soccer, had no idea what I wanted to do after, after school. Uh, knew I wanted to work in business, but honestly didn't really know even what that meant. Mm-hmm. And so I took a my, my first job out of school was actually working at Davidson. I worked uh, raising money for athletics for the uh, Athletic F- Foundation. And honestly took that job because it was a chance to connect with successful Davidson alumni and get the school directory to uh, you know have contact information for any alum that I wanted and get in touch with anybody that seemed interesting uh, and ask them questions about what it was that they did. So very much in line with kind of how you're operating this program essentially was the reason why I took the first job that I did. So hopefully this Careers Explained program has that same effect for folks of helping them figure out what's interesting to them. So took this job, worked at Davidson for, for two years. Eventually it became clear to me that working in a startup was the right kind of next and sort of first foray into business that made sense for me. I'd always been entrepreneurial and knew that uh, that was a chance that I'd have to sort of flex my own skills and ambitions in an environment that that could support them. And so I moved to San Francisco and worked for a few smaller technology startups uh, for a couple of years. And those were that was really my first chance to do work that I would describe as sales work, even though I wasn't in a sales specific job. So I built the content side of a video marketplace. So essentially selling content creators on hosting their videos and content on the platform uh, that I was working on. Uh, Built that substantially. And then I left and joined a real estate technology company and uh, did something similar for a product that was designed for landlords. So convincing landlords to help let us lease their units for them. So again, not really an exchange of money sort of directly, but really selling them on on trusting us with our product. Uh, So that was really my first chance to do sort of pure pure sales work was in those first two um, tech startup roles. And then after that, uh, the real estate technology company was unfortunately essentially disbanded it was owned by a private equity firm. So, you know, stuff that was happening in a boardroom far away from me, uh, decisions came down and everyone was was let go. But uh, when I'd been at my very first startup at, at Curious, I had started what was essentially a side project with friends at that point where we were building, we built a citywide scavenger hunt uh, through San Francisco. And so when I was laid off from Lovely from this the real estate startup, what was previously a side side hustle essentially became my my full-time job. So we built uh, what started as a, a public event, a single public event in San Francisco into a national event series. So went to six different cities, built sponsorships with 
you know, some major brands like Sweetgreen and Chipotle and REI and the North Face and brought our event to uh, a few thousand participants and uh, scaled, scaled that to, you know, a, a decent size. Eventually we realized how challenging it was to acquire customers without having a uh, major sort of investment and cash on hand. Uh, this is when like, you know, to acquire customers, you're just put money into the Facebook machine uh, and try and, uh, and that would ultimately yield customers either via Facebook or Instagram. And so we pivoted more to be focused on corporate clients. And so that's really where my sort of first, I would say, true sales experience came where I was selling a product and once that product was sold, you know, customers were paying us money. So we took the experience that we created of building massive scavenger hunts for uh, for large groups and started pitching that to companies for team building events and offsites and things of that nature. And so we did that for about two and a half, three years. Um, at that point, the business was hum humming pretty well, but also not growing exponentially. And so it became clear, hey, this is something we should continue to, to do, but not necessarily something that needs to demand our full-time attention. And so that was when I joined Stripe uh, in fall of 2019. And so I've been there since then. So almost four years at this point in a, in a sales role, uh, working with essentially like large companies doing somewhere between 50 and $500 million a year through Stripe to uh, grow their business and essentially expand their, their Stripe footprint. Um, happy to go into what Stripe is if it's helpful, but um, more or less, that's my kind of career journey. Uh, and Handstand, by the way, still operates. Um, we still do events for, for companies. Uh, we've done some massive things for, you know, Google and LinkedIn and some plenty of companies that you would have heard of. One thing that I want, if you have like a minute or two to talk about, maybe your decision to go into the entrepreneurial realm with startups rather than a big company, how you made that decision there and navigated that? Sure. Yeah. Great question. So I, I would say it's different for everybody and just what I've observed with, with my peers, um, there's nothing wrong with any of those routes. I think for me, the big corporate route and the consulting route weren't as attractive to me just based on what I was observing. You know, my peer group was already in some of these tech companies and I could see people sort of accelerating their career more quickly because they joined a company that was growing fast. And just by virtue of being there and doing a good job, they sort of were thrust into positions that had more responsibility associated with them. And that was something that was attractive to me as a potential career accelerator was, how can I put myself in a position where when I do a good job and the company grows, people say, oh, Josh is doing a good job. Let's just give him this additional responsibility versus finding someone to hire above him. And so that was partly what was exciting to me was that idea that I could move faster, move faster by virtue of, of joining a startup. I've also observed how great a foundation consulting is for, you know, getting, there's nothing that says you can't get into consulting later or that you can't get into startups later. So it's not really one or the other. I think they can they're they're all viable uh, options. It's really sort of a matter of what sort of 
of environment do you think that you'll thrive in too? Like for me, I was happy to be in a more ambiguous environment where there was a little bit less structure. I, I knew that I would still do well in that. And some people need more training, more structure to start their careers. And that's totally all right too. We could transition, like you said, to maybe your current role. We sure. can talk a little bit about Stripe. Stripe itself started as a payments company. Kind of shocking to think about that in 2010, it was still very difficult to accept money via the internet, uh, but it was. So from then until now, Stripe has evolved pretty substantially to now be essentially an economic driver for internet businesses. And that sounds really wordy and sort of businessy, but uh, what that means in practice is payments is kind of a foundational <clears throat> like layer and companies integrate payments via via Stripe. And now that's, you know, credit cards, debit cards, buy now, pay laters, Apple Pay, Google Pay, you know, a ton of international payment methods, all kinds of different stuff. And then on top of that kind of payment layer are all these additional softwares that Stripe now offers. So there's fraud software, there's billing software, uh, there's a number of different things that you can utilize to essentially run a internet Based business, uh, marketplace business. So if you're facilitating, you know, funds flows like Lyft, for example, one of Stripe's sort of early flagship customers, where money comes in, some money goes to Lyft, and then some money goes out. That's actually like a complicated process um, that needs a lot of compliance and regulatory oversight and things like that. And so Stripe solutions power all kinds of business models and uh, business functions for internet businesses. So that's kind of what Stripe is, um, and that's helpful context for when we'll talk about like what I actually do. But um, that that's really uh, what what Stripe does, I should say. Uh, my path into Stripe. So, like I said, in in fall 2019, uh, started looking for uh, a full time job to kind of supplement my work on handstand as a uh, sort of moving it back into a, a side hustle. And uh, a lot of getting this job was more or less telling a good story about my previous experience. And I think that that's actually something that I didn't know much about coming out of Davidson. I, I thought it was always just, okay, well, this says you need this many years of experience doing this thing. And the truth is, is that you don't necessarily have to be the exact clean cut candidate that they're looking for. It's more, can you shape your experience and your story such that it fits into the description that they're asking for? And that was really how I worked. I obviously had a somewhat non-traditional background, having worked in fundraising at Davidson and then uh, working in sort of these early stage tech companies, building up their uh, their businesses, but not sort of selling in the traditional sense and then working on my own company. So the onus was really on me to tell a story that sh that shared how I, it brought me to this sort of exact moment of here are the things I've done and here's why they all led me to this and why it just makes sense that I would be able to do this job that you're hiring for. And so it was really an exercise in me looking back at Handstand and at Lovely and at Curious and at Davidson as experiences that were sales experience and, and telling a story about, okay, here's what I did in, in those experiences. And here's why I've actually been doing sales for 
this many number of years uh, and why, of course, you should hire me for this sales job. I was actually hired as an account manager, which was more for existing business and existing customers and sort of growing their business on Stripe. And now I'm a lifecycle account executive, which means I have a territory that includes existing customers and also Greenfield new customers that we're trying to sell to get onto Stripe. So um, even just being at the company, and this is, again, sort of part of technology companies in general, is since things can grow quite quickly, it also means that the role can change quite quickly. So do you want to maybe talk a little bit about what your typical day looks like then with what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like that's a common question of like, what does a day look like? And honestly, uh, it's hard to say. Um, there's the, the day can be quite different depending on really what is going on with the companies that I'm serving and chasing and, uh, and and talking to. So my mandate essentially is I have this territory of call it 50 customers. Uh, of those 50, about half of them are already on Stripe and some of them are really large and some of them are still growing and, and not as large. Um, and then the other half of them, that other 25 are maybe new customers that don't actually do any business with Stripe yet. So what my goal is, what I'm measured on is essentially the dollars that this territory of customers gives gives to Stripe. Um, and so in a given half of a year, they might say, hey, you've got these 50 customers. They're giving Stripe, you know, $10 million uh, in business. We want them to, to be worth $12 million. So my job is to find an additional $2 million across all of these customers in terms of selling additional products to existing customers or selling new customers on coming to Stripe entirely. So that's really my sort of mandate. And then in a typical day or a typical week, uh, what I'm usually doing is more or less like mapping out what the opportunities are. So say for uh, a major e-commerce company, we're trying to sell them on our optimized checkout suite, which is a fancy way of saying uh, that we have a product that essentially lives on their website that is actually hosted by Stripe. It looks like it's native to them, but it's actually hosted by Stripe. And it's designed to increase their conversion and the number of people who successfully check out on their page. Um, and so I might be working on I might be talking to their VP of product or their product manager or their CTO or chief product officer about why that's beneficial to them and what engineering effort it requires and the ROI of actually putting that energy and effort towards that project. That's the type of thing that I'll, I'll be doing. And I'll be doing that across, you know, a number of customers. So I've got, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 of those that are kind of conversations that are all in various stages of maturity. And my job is to ultimately sell additional products and services to these companies uh, that gets me from, say, that $10 million to that $12 million number. But it's hard because in a given day, that can take any a, a number of different forms. Um, so sometimes that's tapping additional experts within Stripe uh, to join calls. Sometimes that's including uh, engineers uh, to have technical discussions with other engineers at these customers. Um, 
yeah, it, it can be a, a number of different things, but ultimately that's really what the job is, is how do you, or at least in this, in my case, like how do you take the value that we're currently getting from these customers and, and grow that? Do you have anything that you find challenging about this role that really is exciting, has kept you here? Like what has kept you at Zippin? Or, or sorry, kept you at... <laughs> Um, kept me at Zippin has been my, my parents' last name for, for forever, but, uh, <laughs> kept me at Stripe. Uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a fair question. I think part of what is interesting about this role specifically. So Stripe's mission is to increase the GDP of the internet, which is again, like you read that the first time and it kind of doesn't really mean anything, but ultimately the goal of the company is to make internet com or internet-based commerce easy and then actually grow that pie and um, actually uh, working towards that every day is 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 a cool mission because in practice what that means is I operate as essentially like a strategic resource and consultant for the companies that I work with and that means sharing industry knowledge that I have because I'm thinking about this stuff all day, every day, and they're not. Um, and also talking to them about solutions and products that would actually help them meet their goals. So essentially what I do is take in this information that they're sharing with me of, hey, we're trying to launch in this country, or we wanna like start this business line or, uh, you know, whatever their kind of goals or priorities are, which are always evolving and always shifting based on where they're trying to go. And then translate that into Stripe products, Stripe solutions, and just good information that can help them actually get there. So the dynamic is such that, and this is why, you know, what does a typical day look like is not always the same. Uh, but the dynamic is fresh. So even though I've been doing this for quite some time, it's new problems, new challenges, new goals that these customers have. And, and that's really the compass that directs me in terms of what I'm going to be focused on. And so that's partly what keeps it interesting. And to shift a little bit over to if you have any advice for someone that's interested in kind of following the same path as you, especially in the startup realm or moving into tech. The first is just on sales in general. I think for me, I always thought that I, I had some type of feeling about sales. You know, you think of like the used car salesman sort of stereotype and it feels a little icky. And that's really not what high level sort of strategic sales is about. Um, and I think that's been an eye opener for me in a, obviously a positive way. Ultimately, like I was describing before, my job is to be a resource and to be a strategic value added kind of service to the customers that I work with. And when we're doing our jobs well, we're really solving problems for people. And that's what keeps it interesting and also what takes it from, hey, I'm just a guy pushing a thing that you need to buy to something that is much more and, and much more engaging and stimulating than that. So um, that's my first piece of advice is if you were like me and sales kind of felt natural as a part of, you know, your personality or the way that you just kind of experience the world, and I would say I kind of resisted getting into sales for a while. Um, it's definitely worth trying because it's 
sales is one of the skills that everything is sales. You know, if you want to convince your partner where you want to go to dinner, like that's sales. Like um, if you want to be able to have meaningful conversations with uh, your family, that's like learning how to basically be an active listener, which is sales. Like there a lot of the skills that make you successful in sales also make you successful in life. It might just be a career that's worth understanding a bit further or seriously exploring. So that's my first piece of advice just on sales in general is I think it's often slept on, especially for new new grads. And if I were going back, I probably would have gotten more directly into sales even, even earlier. Um, in terms of joining a tech company, I think a lot of the advice that I have there is more about finding the right tech company to join. And that's just because there's a lot of noise. The chances of the company failing are so much higher than the chances of the company succeeding. And so it's really about making sure that the signals that you're looking at are signals that at least put you in a position where you feel like you've done your due diligence so that even if the company does fail, you know, you know that you are at a quality place throughout. And so some of my advice is more on that side of like, how do you choose a tech company to join? Um, the way that I did it and that I recommend folks do it is to look at just Google like top 10 venture capital firms and at the, all of those venture capital firms will have a record either on their website or on a site like Crunchbase or AngelList of the companies that they've invested in. And those venture capital firms that are choosing to make those investments have so much more information and so much more data to make a decision about putting you know millions of dollars into these companies than you do as a job seeker. And so using their investment as a indicator for you of quality companies is really, really valuable rather than just trying to find a great idea that you think is cool. You can do that. Um, it's just you don't necessarily get the same guarantee of um, promise or quality in the company. And so this is a way to leverage that work that's already being done and 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 find great companies. So that's how I would recommend trying to find one. And then in terms of finding a role, I think a lot of it, especially as a you know new grad, early career professional, is just kind of making yourself useful. So uh, what I mean by that is you can show sometimes rather than tell how valuable you can be to a company. So if you're trying to be hired at a seed stage or series A company, that's maybe like, maybe they have 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, right? That's a early stage company that if you prove to them that you really want to work there, and that could take any number of forms, right? You could just do a project for them without them asking. You could, um, you know, basically be proactive in showing your interest beyond just applying on the website, for example. That's going to put you ahead of anybody else that they're considering, at least out of the gate, and um, give, give you a, a great chance. Because those are places that 
they don't have long, arduous hiring processes the same way that trying to, you know, apply at Google or Facebook or Amazon or something like that. That's you're plugging yourself into a very formal process versus uh, at a smaller company where you can just show rather than tell, hey, I'm really interested in this and I'm a quality person that you want to have on your team. Um, that's ultimately what they're screening for because at those earlier stages, yes, they need you to do a specific job, uh, but it's almost more important to them that they're hiring somebody who can grow with the company and is going to be a culture ad. Fascinating. I've never thought of looking at venture capitalist sites, but that is brilliant. So I think that that's a really, um, that's a really great resource. Do you have any like, ending remarks or last pieces of advice? The only thing that I think is that I would add is that my career itself, especially even now, right? I have this job at Stripe. I run this business on the side. Handstand was born out of my own impatience, I would say, with my with my full-time job that I was a young professional and the company wasn't growing as fast as I wanted it to. And so even though I had a lot of ambition and excitement for taking on more responsibility, the company just couldn't really support it. And I actually think that that is a, something that I, I don't see a lot of people doing today. And obviously I'm biased. I did it myself. Um, but instead of waiting for people to give you opportunities to grow, just making those opportunities for yourself. So for me, I was in a position and I thought I was capable of more and to prove it to myself and to then be able to talk about it to future employers. I just made that scenario. I, you know, I built built something with friends because it it didn't matter if it failed. I already had a job, um, so the risk was so little, and the reward was so much greater. So that, I think that would be my only other piece of advice: is if you don't find that opportunity, and you're not going to find that perfect opportunity right away, you're going to find a job that like teaches you some things and like puts you on on the right track but it's not going to be everything and if you are really feeling like it's not challenging you enough or not giving you enough or not developing you enough then i would challenge you to think about what type of scenario or opportunity can i create for myself that is outside of my 9 to 5 experience because it can be really valuable it doesn't mean you have to stick with it for forever or um, for many, many years, but it can be a career accelerator or um, move you in a different direction if there's another area of interest that you have.